Okay, I just got a notification. Chad is sad, and yeah. that's not good. <laughs> that's the name of this episode. You look, you look nice today. <laughs> yeah, this is actually one of my new favorite running shorts right here. What's this one? Running I mean, run, running oh, yeah. shirts. Sure. What's this one called, Blake? The Motive? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, from Barbell. This thing is nice. All right. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast, everyone. What's up, YouTube? We have a full house in here today. We have Chili, the insubordinate teammate. I knew you were going to get a specific label. We have the tech guy. By the way, I sent an email yesterday, and I signed it very respectfully, Chad Wright. And the individual that I send the email to responded to the email and said, thanks for the email, tech guy. So people think, because I did say on the podcast a few weeks ago that I never send emails, and that's always you, but I did send an email. Well, it's just like on the videos, everybody thinks that I'm you, even though they can clearly see me. Yeah, and you send email, and they think it's if you're a very if you're a VIP, I'll send you an email. Yeah, yeah, I'll send an email to VIPs. All right. So I actually, after I sent that email to this individual, and he thought that it was you, I then immediately called him and said, "No, this is the Chad Wright mm. that actually sent this email." I just wanted to go ahead and get credit for that. Son. So, you're, you guys are welcome. All right? Well, thanks. I, I was working last night late into the night, man. No, you weren't. Handling Dang. business. We got someone on here just typed out your full Christian name. Oh, yeah? And um, we also have the beautiful Miss Brooke right on the podcast tonight biscuit i mean today biscuit <laughs> shorts and shirts today and tonight you you look Same so thing. cute today oh thank you so much is the camera on biscuit mm -hmm. look how cute she looks youtube why would you do why are you doing this <laughs> it's zoomed in right on her uh, chili's not even in the frame of that camera i'm so thankful you're here today biscuit um can, can can everybody just acknowledge that everyone's just trying to irritate me already on purpose <laughs> instead of just being nice and normal? Well, the, the podcast is titled Chad is Sad. That's not good. So It's death's not good. Y'all are going to have to carry this conversation today because I'm... Quit clicking that pen, man. You nervous or something? Yeah. Dude, last night when we... So his court, he said his cortisol's been too high. And last night, it was like 9.30. We're usually asleep by then. And I was talking to him, and he was laying in the bed beside me going like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept saying, what are you doing? He said, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this. He's nervous. Do you have something to measure that? What do you Cortisol? Mean? You got oh, a no. device? No. no. I wish. And these are the, the growing pains of, of an unstoppable force. This is what this is. <laughs> what it all is really that's what getting cortisol too high that's what getting you know he's sad and that's not and that's not good 
that's what it all is. The the the, the anger and the mood the, swings. Yeah, and the insubordination. Just all of it. It's just it's all part of the process. Well, by the way, on that note, I'm on I have been training extremely hard here lately. As a matter of fact, nobody is training harder than me. If you think you're training harder than me, you're lying to yourself. I'm pretty much that I'm, easy. I'm remember much, your Instagram post two days ago. I don't remember that post. I'm pretty much uh, untouchable right now. Um, which leads me to the fact that here in a day or so, I'm going to record enough said podcast for you guys on Patreon. And we're going to talk a little bit about this training process and some of the things that I'm considering along the way. So that'll be coming out soon on Patreon. Which, by the way, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's not a fan club. It's a place where you can go to, one, support 307 Project. Our Patreon members essentially make all of this happen. All right, they're the the one less than one percent of listeners and viewers that contribute back to pretty much everything that we're able to do at Three of Seven Project. Um, so we're very appreciative of everyone who supports the show on Patreon, and we try to put out stuff there that provides a whole nother level of value. And if you guys aren't listening to Resurrected, you're missing out, man. We've got how many episodes on there now? Probably like... 87, I think. Like in the 80s of Resurrected, which is a live show that we do on Patreon, on Zoom, every, well, three Sundays out of the month. They're all recorded. They're all up on there. I mean, the the conversations that we have on resurrected are in my mind just um unsurpassed because we have people on there you know usually dozens of people live and we can actually talk about things and hear from each other and um it's just really good content and then i have the enough said podcast over there that i do and we also have our range series up on patreon if you're interested in learning how to start training out on the range, it's a really good series of videos, over 90 minutes of content there. A lot of other fun stuff. So if you want to support the show, Patreon is a great place to do it. And we are extremely grateful for everyone who joins us there. There's been some sad things in the news this week. And I wanted just to make mention of those. Mike Day, which is a legendary SEAL, absolutely legendary. Mike Day was in an operation in Iraq where he was the first man to enter a room. He was shot 27 times. Jeez. And he was also wounded by... Um, frag from a grenade and in the midst of being shot 27 times plus being wounded by grenade fragmentations he still was able to pull his pistol out and kill 
all four of the enemy combatants in the room with him. He killed all four of them after being shot 27 times. Then he walks out of there, gets onto the helicopter, and lives. Um, He's alive? He, he has been alive. Unfortunately, a few days ago, he took his own life. Mm. So, absolutely legendary. Any, any SEAL knows who Mike Day is and the, the sacrifices that he made and what he endured was just, uh, you know, just un- un- unheard of. And so he took his own life a few days ago, which was very a very sad thing. This happens, I think, on a, a regular basis. Um, we don't hear about all of the veterans, especially, that take their lives on a regular basis. Uh, we, we, this one with Mike Day is kind of front and center because he is a legend in Naval Special Warfare, but it's just a sad thing. And I uh, just wanted to honor him and what he did and, and the legend that he was. And um, I hated to hear that. What a, what a terrible thing. I don't know the solution to it. And it's not just, it's not just veterans either. Suicide is just an unbe- un- unbelievable plague that it's incomprehensible. And then, so I just wanted to mention Mike Day and what he did and all that. But the other thing that just continuously blows my mind is just to me even more incomprehensible in my mind. I can't wrap my mind around it more so than the suicide thing is this these school shootings. And there was just another one this week in Nashville, Tennessee. Did you hear about that, Chili? Um, just a few days barely, ago. Yeah. It was just a few days ago. Some some crazy... Uh, I don't even think crazy is the right word. Some woman walked into a Christian school in Nashville and killed like three or four kids and a couple of teachers. Um, luckily the cops were responded, went in there and took this person out. But, you know, it's so strange that these, these school shootings have become prevalent. I feel like we're callous to them because they just, it's, it's a common occurrence, but Nobody ever, at least I don't hear conversations around it. The only conversations that you hear around these events are conversations about gun control. It's the only conversations that that are really ever spawned from these events. And, you know, I'm not saying that we can dig to the bottom or get to the bottom of this, but it's really strange to me how the whole this whole occurrence of school shootings and that the level of of I, I think that the thing that I can't comprehend is the level of pure evil 
that it would take to murder children in a school in cold blood. But that what that never like throughout the history of the United States that didn't happen until Columbine, which we were kids in Col- when Columbine first happened. And then since then, it's just a reoccurring thing. It almost seems to me as if some some wick like evil spirit has entered the equation like at that moment and there there's some spiritual component evil spiritual component to this that it happened and once and then it just continues now to happen more and more frequently and the reason I think there's a spiritual component to this is because I don't see how any human being could commit this act without being influenced heavily by pure evil, by some purely satanic force. But it's like this evil force has come into play and now it's here and it's plaguing our society. I don't know, man. It's just, I can't wrap my mind around it. But I think, I wish there were more conversations being had about this from that angle Because the fact of the matter is, it's absolutely heinous to think that any amount of gun control is going to fix this. I don't know. Do y'all have any insight on that or any thoughts about that? I, when you were saying how incomprehensible it is, there's a lot of really heinous awful crimes like sex crimes and and murder and jealousy and but like they can kind of play on human nature a little bit you know like sex crimes it's it's kind of innate for people to be fueled by sex or by greed for money or by you know you you catch your spouse with somebody else and you're jealous. So you murder them or, you know, but like you're saying, I can't connect how any natural human want or need or awful thing could get twisted into killing kids that they they don't know, you know, like it just, there's no other explanation outside of a, a, real and tangible evil force influencing these people right like there's i I agree it's so it's so it's so we are so ignorant as a modern society to ignore the reality of evil as a force that is in play in influencing people and i believe that 
that the spirit, a spiritual hosts of wickedness that are in play, I believe that they are structured. I believe that they are organized. I believe that there are specific hierarchies and levels. Um, and I believe that there are specific evil spirits or demonic forces that influence very specific types of evil. I don't believe that it's all just this. I, I believe it's organized. I believe that all the entire spiritual hosts of wickedness that's in play here in our reality actually has probably just took the same kind of structure that God has established in heaven, and they've tried to recreate it here only for evil purposes. But I just think that it's a very specific type of evil that has that entered into the equation there at the very beginning with the Columbine thing, and now it's just replicating over. And it's like, uh, you know... And here's the thing, man. We are empowering people who are are evil and 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 obviously being influenced by wickedness. We are empowering people who are influenced by wickedness by condoning their lifestyles and activities as a society. I'm not saying that you can pin, you could actually probably pinpoint everyone, right? But in this specific case in Nashville, this person that committed this evil act and killed these children and these teachers, this was one of these... Um, Whatever it is, one of them, a, a woman that identifies as a man, whatever you call that now. We're, we're condoning these people who are, their mind is obviously just wrecked by evil and wicked influence. We've been doing it now for decades, just condoning their, their, their actions. And um, so we are allowing it to propagate instead of calling it out for, like, what it is. Like, hold up, man. No. Like, that, that is not how things work. In, in, terms, in terms of whatever, you could talk about this in terms of um, obesity, in terms of homosexuality, in terms of identifying as different sexual orientations, uh, any sort of... This is all this stuff is an evil influence on someone. And instead of calling it out for what it is, we not only con we're not only condoning these destructive and evil lifestyles, but we're elevating them to the point that we, that we as a society will make obesity look like an attractive thing. We, for decades, made homosexuality look 
as an attractive thing. We've for decades made, well, now for years, been making people's uh, uh, ability to identify as some different, uh, what what do you call it, different sex or whatever. We're we're elevating that. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. We as a society are propagating and fostering the foothold that evil has on us as humanity, as, as, the, as the United States, I guess I can speak for my country. Well, evil is doing that through us as a culture. I mean, that's important to, yeah. to note that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and why am I telling you guys this? Because I'm telling you guys this because here's the thing. If you don't have, like, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but if you are too spineless to stand on the foundation of God's word and what is right and what is wrong, if you are too spineless to do that, and you're just you just condone everything because you want to avoid any conflict in your life, any conflict in your business. You want to avoid maybe losing a sale or losing a dollar or maybe rubbing someone the wrong way because, because you are standing upon what is right. And I'm, I'm not saying use, I'm not saying use what is right to beat people over the head with, but I'm saying what are you teaching your children? What are you what are the, the the conversations that you're having around the dinner table with your family, with your friends, when some topic comes up and you choose not to take a stance for what is right? That's a freaking problem. I would like to know what you think that looks like, like in your opinion. Like say your kids come to you and they want to ask about a kid at school who's identifying as a transgender and they like that kid. Like that's their friend. Yeah. How, like biblically, how do you approach that? How do you stand up for what you believe you know what I mean? Like, how do you do it like Jesus would do it? I mean, what what does that look like? Well, I, I mean, I don't have children, but if it was if 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 it was a child comes up to me, I'm gonna say, "Hey, Susie, um, <laughs> wow, look, we don't we, we we don't need to hate this person. We can still love this person." But I want you to understand that what they're doing is wrong. And what they're doing will actually lead to their own destruction. Look, let me read you from the Bible here. The wages of sin is death. What is sin? This, this lifestyle this person is, person is choosing is completely outside the boundaries of the way God, our creator, designed us to operate as human beings. 
this person is being influenced by evil. We can still love them, but we can also at the same time hate the way that they're choosing to live and the choices that they're making because ultimately it's they're destroying themselves and they're also destroying the construct and the fiber of our of our culture our country i, I mean we just got to be real with each other i i don't see why you wouldn't just be real with a kid i mean tell them how it is i mean you it, it would be to a certain age you can't tell kids other kids are evil or their behavior is evil um I, like that's that's where i get hung up we don't we obviously don't have kids that's just something that i thought about when you said that like it would just be really difficult i don't the only thing that the only foolproof way is to, to sit you to sit down all of this that i'm talking about is all in the bible Sit down and have the have the conversation from from Scripture. This is what God says. This is the way it actually is supposed to work. This is the way it was designed to work. And anything outside of these boundaries is not good, mm-hmm. right? But we bunch of spineless cowards who 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 just simply want to avoid any conflict or we don't want to whatever it is look you you are and you will be partially responsible for the crap that happens because of the wickedness that you condone on judgment day the bible says not only those who do these things are responsible not only those who do wicked things will be responsible but also those who teach others that it's okay to do these wicked things you don't even have to be the one that's partaking in the evil act but if you condone it or you just turn your back on it or you shy away from the root of the problem because you don't want to have the conversation, you are partially responsible for that, and you will be judged for that. I would say, too, that just um, I've had the conflict before of, like, what to tell my kids because just like you said, you feel like, well, they're pretty young. Maybe I shouldn't expose them to evil. But I've found... Like as soon as if if they're old enough to comprehend it, then I'll I tell Blakely and Joe like, well, there is evil in the world, and you know you explain what evil is, but it's a fact of the it's just a fact like there is evil, and and I decided that shielding them from that would actually probably end up doing more harm long term than actually just telling them and helping them come to terms with what good and evil looks like, and so you know, telling them, hey, this kid is evil might be the wrong choice of words. If they don't understand evil correctly, they might, as we see it, maybe you're thinking like, oh, they're demon-possessed or something, you know. But if you explain good and evil and what they are doing 
is not good, it is evil, then I think if they're old enough to comprehend it, then then they should know it. But of course, that's up to the parent, you know, whatever whatever you decide, but it hasn't had negative side effects with us yet. And then I would also say that we often think that we are taking a side of somebody, like maybe there's some, you know, maybe it's the transgender kid at school and you say you're either taking their side or you're against them, Uh but really there's just the side of what's right and there's the side of what's wrong. So you're not taking anybody's side. You're just settling on what is right and what is wrong. So are you going to stand up for what's right? Are you going to stand up for what's wrong or not? Are you going to stand up for this transgender kid or not? And that, that was more toward kind of what, where Chad was going with things. But those were a couple thoughts that, that I had. I was thinking while you were talking and just now when you were talking about people being spineless and just like, are, are you saying, are you going to be spineless and are you going to speak out and are you going to speak up? And it popped in my head of like all these Christians getting fired up, like really fired up to, to speak out against the transgenders and the gays. And, but these are the same people that are struggling with lying, obesity, pride, porn addiction, affairs, you know, or like, you know, self-righteousness enter in whatever you want that's all forms of wickedness everybody in this room yeah that's why the bible says take the plank out of your own eye yeah before you look at the are you telling me you don't have any planks no i'm telling you that no one is perfect so but i'm telling you also that i will say I, i have no issue acknowledging the things that i do wrong okay I have no issue with that. Well, you wouldn't know. I I also have no issue acknowledging evil as it exists in the world. And I think like we, we, we can't, we cannot, we cannot operate from a stance of saying, because I'm not perfect, I can't stand for what is good. Well, if you would let me freaking talk, you would hear that that's not what I was going to say. Okay. Like I had a plan. I had things I was going to say. Oh. And you just kind of put it, you know, just like messed it all up. Okay. What well, what else were you going to say? With with the plank, I don't know. You just freaking screwed my brain up. Well, that's all right, Boo Boo. Well, as it pertains to the planks, you know, that we all have multiple planks in our eye. And I've always taken that, that verse is if you're going to help somebody else with the sin, you see them, maybe that they are living in then you should check and make sure that same plank's not also in your eye because you're not going to be able to help him but we're all gonna since we're not perfect we're all gonna have multiple planks in our eyes in different areas of life right but how can you help someone else in one area that that you're also struggling in yourself you know and so that's how i've taken that but i don't know if that's where you were going with it or not yeah i mean that's just there's something in my mind of like I agree. Like what happened with that school shooting should absolutely be spoken out against and certain behaviors we should teach people around us and our kids, but there's no point in pushing Christian ideals on people who do not believe in God. That's a waste of time. And so I feel like what where I'm going with this is 
I think the best thing that you can do instead of like setting up your shop, I think you should speak into people around you. But I think being an example is the foundation of what the most powerful thing people can do instead of getting angry and speaking out and like just be an example. And that goes back to the plank thing, you know, like if you're constantly working to be an example, you're probably going to be set up better to speak into somebody when they're ready. But I just, I just, I can't see how emotionally speaking out against sins that you don't struggle with is proactive. I just don't see how, I just don't see how it's proactive. I think speaking to your kids, I think speaking to people in your church, I think that, you know, if you have an opportunity where someone's interested and, and they open that door for you, but I think all, all we're doing is furthering this whole judgmental Christian that thinks they're better than everybody else. Because you don't find Christians all the time talking about the things they struggle with and their faults. Because humans don't like to be vulnerable and humans are just naturally prideful. And it's just, I don't know. Just my thoughts. Well, I know I know how you feel about this subject, Boo Boo. And maybe that's you know, I, I don't I don't know how obviously we have different we have different perspectives on this. I, I think the danger of what you're saying is and I agree with you, you should you should lead by example. That's why the Bible says Paul talks about in First Corinthians, I stay I keep my body into subjection so that when I preach, I'm not disqualified, right? That's what he's talking about. I keep my body under control so that when I preach, I'm not found disqualified. So you're, that's what he's saying. Lead by example. You're exactly right. But again, if, if we hesitate to stand for what is right— and we can even take the entire word Christian out of it. What is right by the law of human nature? If you, you know that because of mere Christianity, the yeah. law of human nature is described in detail. You're saying you a look, man and a woman. A man, a woman, what, whatever. What, what is right by the law of human nature, not just as it revolves around homosexuality but as it revolves around all issues of like the human morals heart. yeah and, okay what is right by the you can take because the the principles of the bible are congruent with the law of human nature they are the the the, the law of human nature is written in the bible but it's also written on the hearts of every human that's ever walked the face of the earth right and that's what i'm talking about standing for and and by standing for it, it doesn't mean going on, you know, every time you get a chance, going on and ranting and pointing out everybody's wrong. But how are you living? What are you teaching? How are you influencing those around you who you have influence influence over? Uh, if you if you have the opportunity, what are you standing on? That's what I'm talking about. And and you cannot let your 
imperfection in your struggles stop you from standing up for what's right. You just can't do it. Because if that was the case, because we are all imperfect, right? then, then, then no one would... No one would have the 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 right. No yeah. one is justified. Our our credibility on what's right doesn't come by our ability to follow to be perfect. Those yeah, those laws, yeah, the rules. Well, and the reality, I totally agree with that, babe. And the reality is, like you, like most of us, even Christians, we're not aware of all of our faults. Like we don't, we just don't. There's no way to ever know. You know what I mean? Like if we're getting it right or not. I don't, that's irrelevant. That was just a random side note. But I, I do agree. I just, I guess when you get really fired up and you're like, don't be spineless. You have to speak up for what's right and all this. And you're really emotional and loud. I just see it translating to people as they need to be emotional and loud and angry. And I don't think in my mind, I just don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't think that's what Jesus wanted us to do with other, other humans who are his children who are suffering with evil. I think speaking truth is important and I don't have the answer. So I, I am, I'm saying this without, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm saying what you're saying is kind of putting some red flags up in me, but I don't have an answer. I don't know. Well, I, I think I, I definitely do think that it it boils down to in in many in, in many cases the 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 unraveling of our moral and ethical principles or the unraveling of the law of human nature and the way things have to work for humanity to carry on. The unraveling of all that does come down in many cases to people just being spineless individuals. I think another thing that it comes down to though, is people being willfully ignorant uh, uh, of even how things are supposed to work. Right. They've, um, they, they've either been turned, they've been turned over to a, what the Bible calls a reprobate mind where they can no longer even discern what is right or wrong. And they're willfully ignorant. Why, why would you not? So you want to take the easy route? Yeah, just give up on, on any discernment of what is right or wrong, right? Just give up on trying to seek what is true. Give up on trying to seek, um, the 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 matters of of the human heart and and just give up on all that right and just let everybody do that's everybody's that's everybody's new thing you oh yeah man i don't care what you do just don't bother me while you're doing it that's everybody's new thing right that's the easy way out that's every how about no man i've got to live in, in this in this space with you how about you do right? So you, because ultimately it's affecting me and everybody else, and ultimately, ultimately it leads to the destruction of everything. Your act of choosing to do something that is not congruent with the way humanity has to operate affects everyone. 
So all these people out there that are saying, you just do whatever you want to do and leave me alone, ultimately, that, that's bull crap, right? And that's you just taking the easy way out. A lot of people are ignorant. It, it's so funny how it's, it's so crazy the statements that I see made around this specific event. I, I read a statement the other day. Somebody said, um, we should pray for the souls of these individuals who were killed as they make their journey to heaven. And I'm like, that's not even, that don't even make any sense. It's just showing how ignorant you are about like how all this actually works. Like just say random stuff like that because it sounds good. There's so many people that are just ignorant of how any of this even works, man. And I'm not saying that I, I know what the Bible says. And the Bible says enough for me to know how this stuff works. That's what I know is what the Bible says about how it works. All right? So, yes, I am fired up about it. And, um... I don't know. I just I just had to get that off my heart this morning. So what you were just saying about um oh, whatever. I'm going to stop. What do you what what's your input on all this, Chili, after hearing a strong discourse? It wasn't a strong discourse. I agreed with you on a couple of things. No, that just means a conversation. Discourse oh. is just conversation. Oh. Yeah, at times it's often a disservice to add more information to a, a discourse like that, particularly if you don't have anything much to say. I could ramble on about a lot of it. A lot of it would be repetitive of what you said, and some of it would kind of be minor disagreements that are pretty, pretty insignificant. So I don't... Uh, I don't have much to add, not out of a desire to not talk, but more out of a desire to not make the conversation worse than it than it is. Well, I, I feel like Chilla, you are you are very good at uh, being at peace with the fact that humanity will be destroyed, like humanity will is not going to make it right and i feel like you're very good at being at peace with that but at the same time not just giving not up not wanting to lay down and yeah not just saying okay i don't care so can you speak into that a little bit well yeah i mean for a for a part of that conversation i i was certainly sitting here thinking about how particularly the beginning when you talked about the evil that that has stricken this this world and I don't I don't know the inner workings of how evil influences people in different levels because we talk about 
oh, there's people that are demon-possessed, but this person's not demon-possessed. They're just doing evil things. Like, we kind of draw that distinction, and I'm like, I don't know what the... I don't... Look, man, it seems like evil is in all of us. And it seems like we often downplay the capacity for evil that we possess. I don't look at somebody that commits even the most heinous of crimes and think that they're different than me. Some people may disagree with me on that, and they may think that I'm some dangerous person that that might commit something like that. And I, no, I have no desire for that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I think there's a misunderstanding of the capacity for evil that we are capable of, including myself. I don't know how it works. I don't know, like I said, I don't know what's just in us that we have to, that, that has to be defeated. And I don't know how much is evil taking control of people that they have no control over. I don't know how it works. So to talk more about it is kind of, uh, I, I would say unwise. However, what I'm getting to is I think there's capacity of evil in all of us. And we often downplay the fact that we are not it's like, I could never do that. You hear people say that. And it's like on one level, yeah, right. But on another level, I'm sure everybody who committed some heinous crime at one time in their life said the same thing. And then something happened. And the re it's really not even worth going into when you can't talk more intelligently about it than I am. But I gave it a shot. It's... To me, that's a legitimate recognition of, of what what evil we're capable of and how it happens. And I think that we all have that capacity, which is what has to be defeated. It has to be it has to be given over. It has to be surrendered. It has to be, yeah, surrendered is the right word. And I think when people don't do that, it opens up the possibility for all of these atrocities that happen. And as far as that goes, I don't have anything else to say because I don't, I can't, really speak coherently about it but what were you going to say well i think i was going to say you kind of you kind of got to it there at the end i i would say i do agree with you that all all of mankind all of mankind who is whether you i don't know what the word is unregenerate man does have this capacity within them to propagate extreme levels of evil that the evil can take control. And I think that that if, if you believe in the Bible, the Bible 
talks talks about how Christ doesn't just want like a little part of you. Like I think we miss this a lot of times when we when we have the conversation about salvation and accepting Christ. The purpose of it is to literally kill the old man. It's death to self. Yeah, it's to kill that unregenerate human being that you are, inherently wicked. And that's what's missed, that that is a literal death. It's a literal death. That's exactly right. I think it's missed so And by the much. way, death isn't death isn't a soft, calm, gentle process where you're holding daisies and people are singing and the birds are chirping and you just kind of pass on. No, death is freaking nasty, dude. Death is a nasty freaking process where you're, you're, your flesh and your cells in your body freaking die. And, and it's, a, it's a transformational, nasty process where there's anguish. Even when you hear people dying in their sleep and all this, oh, it's a nice, peaceful path. I'm telling you, that process of death ain't no freaking peaceful process. Mm-hmm. It's literally like burning your flesh off. That kind of death has to happen. Yeah. Of something that's in you. It's a literal part of you. Yeah. It's, it's not something that's just taken lightly or spoken about gently, yet we talk about it that way. Yeah. And I believe... I. I it, I believe in my own personal experience that Christ has the power and will willfully do that. Like, and that's what happened to me when I chose to follow Christ. It was literally a a a I I literally became a new whole new creation a whole new man in Christ where this inherent wickedness that so often well not so often almost perpetually was in control of my thinking my actions it, it, it was it was in control like when i accepted Christ that was no longer it no longer controlled all the aspects of my life. It was a death of my old self, and, a, and, and I, I became a, a new creation in Christ to where there was still, there's still obviously the, the temptation, and there's still sin, and there's still things in my life, but Christ has given me victory over those things. In other words, they can no longer take complete control over my existence. I have a victory over my own wickedness through Christ because he killed me and then he resurrected me again as a new creation to where I no longer have to worry about evil taking over my existence. I have victory over that. 
Yes, I will still struggle because I am still human as long as I'm in this body, but it cannot win over me. It will not win over me because of Christ. Christ Jesus has the key. He, 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 he gave us victory. He has the key to death. Right? He controls it. We, we miss this so much, man. I, I want to close out. Well, go ahead. I'll briefly answer the question that you actually gave that I didn't really answer because I think it's a really good question. Uh, you asked about how I seem to not be too worried about how this is all crashing and burning, yet have yet try to not be apathetic and just let it happen. Well, to me... I don't see that there's a whole lot of difficulty, at least with how I break it down in my mind, in 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 not worrying about something that is going to happen. Like the destruction of humanity is going to happen. I mean, there's literally nothing more to be said. That is going to happen. I don't know yeah. the timeline. I think people often think it's next week and they've thought that for years and years and years and they're always wrong. So it Maybe or maybe a long time from now, but I mean, you can debate that all you want. This will end. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to debate you on that. Like it's pretty much a waste of time. This will end, hundred percent. So it, it, it's as certain as that you are going to die. I mean, it's that. It's it's. It, it, there's no question about it. So I don't have a difficult time worrying about something that's that's that certain yeah i mean what what i just don't maybe some people do but for me personally, i've, I've struggled with that yeah, well, I, i'm thinking oh, surely there's a solution to this yeah well for me personally i don't struggle with that because i'm like there is literally <laughs> no question about whether this is going to happen or not so what i mean i can i can maybe not worry is the word but i can be concerned with stuff that has a chance at being different which is the actual details on the ground in your day-to-day life. I can still make a difference, even though the end is that way. I can make the situation of my life and the people around me and everybody that I can possibly touch a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. I can have a big influence over that. I'm not going to change the outcome. Yeah. But I can change many, many outcomes along the way. Why would I why would I not do that if I have the capacity to do mm, that? Very well put. Why would I sit down and become apathetic and get lost in the end result? We talk about that all the time. We talk about in races when you are trying to win and you're 70 mi- or 50 miles in and someone is literally or or several people are miles and miles and miles ahead of you. I mean, granted, it's not technically over yet, but you are not going to win. I've been in that situation before. Chad's been in that situation before. You're not going to win. So, and and you can literally take it as far to say, okay, you're at mile 70 or something and someone has finished. Like, so you cannot even, it's not even a question. Like, you're not going to win. So why keep going? It's this exact reason you keep going with that. We've talked about that many times because it's not about, the outcome. It's not about, it's about what you do with what's right in front of you. Yeah. No, that's very well put. That was the, 
that was the answer I needed to hear. That's why I asked you that question because I've I've observed you over the years at, at peace with the fact you joke all the time that if we're around during the apocalypse that you're just going to lay in the yard butt naked. Yeah. <laughs> and face up. Yeah. So uh you know I, I I see the peace that you have the acceptance that you have as it pertains to the ultimate inevitable outcome in terms of humanity but the fact that even in spite of that you are still doing everything that you can to help those around you and we should all operate in that manner because i've caught myself in many times try like beating my head into the wall thinking there's got to be something that i there's got to be some solution that can change the outcome or even change the timing of the outcome that's already it, set it's already set you can't change any of it so the only thing that you can do is exactly what chili just explained to you and it's i think that's what we're required to do. That's what we're called to do in spite of the inevitable outcome. Uh, we should influence what we can around us. Beautiful. I love that mindset. That's what I needed to hear today. We so often overlook the aspect of the resurrection. I've been... I've been we, we talked about earlier, Christ has, he has confirmed that he is the Lord over all and including death and has given us, given, he has the power to give us and has given us victory over death. He confirmed it through one thing. He's the only example of any human who came back from the dead by his own power. And we so often, including me, I talked about this briefly on Resurrected the other night, when we speak about Christ, we so often highlight his death and the atonement that we are that we've all received through his death right and then we just kind of brush over the fact that he rose again from the dead and i've been reflecting a lot on the resurrection of christ here lately because of two reasons one it is the ultimate confirmation that he has power over death it's, it's the ultimate confirmation. He came back from the dead. Two, it is the thing that we all must confront. When you look at the evidence, not only in Scripture, but just historically, the evidence that this person, Christ, 
over 2,000 years ago actually came back from the dead, if you will analyze the evidence around that, you will likely come to the same conclusion that I came to of, yes, I do believe there's enough evidence that shows that this person rose from the dead. When you're confronted with that conclusion, you, how do you, you got to do something with that. If somebody came back from the dead, somebody was down here on earth saying that they were God, they were killed, and then they came back from the dead. What are you, what are you going to do with that? Like when you're cr confronted with that truth, well, I guess you could just move on and forget about it. But I don't know how you could forget about that if you come to that conclusion. So it's the ultimate confirmation that Christ gave us. And it's the ultimate thing that we have to confront as we consider Christ. And I've just been really thinking of how when we present the gospel or even when we analyze our own faith and what we know about Christ, yes, the death of Christ was important. The death provided the atonement. The death provided the sacrifice. But the resurrection is equally as important because the resurrection provides the victory over our own inherent sin. The, the, what Chile just said, the fact that all of humanity has this evil within them that is infinitely capable. The resurrection is what gives us victory over that in ourselves. So now you have the complete picture. You have the atonement, the reconciliation, and you have the victory, which is the complete picture. If you only had one or the other, you're screwed. Well, you can't have resurrection without death, but death in and of itself is pretty much just death. Exactly. So That's exactly right. Whether you're talking about the life of Jesus or the own death to self that every individual must go through, it's meaningless without resurrection. I mean, that should be plain to see because it would just be a final death. Yeah. There would be nothing after to actually show for it. So, yeah. And there's no other example of it. And the, one of the most beautiful places is put in scripture is in first Corinthians. You guys listen to this chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which you are also saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. There's the death. And that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, and of the twelve 
After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remains unto the present, but some have died. After that, he was seen of James and of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. This is Paul writing this. For I am the least of all the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I have persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And it is his grace which was bestowed upon me and was not in vain. When we look at the gospel presented in Scripture by Paul, by all of the apostles, we need to consider the fact that all of these men are putting an a extreme emphasis on the resurrection. I think we missed that. They're putting an extreme emphasis and saying, we saw him. We're, we're telling you what we saw with our own eyes. We saw him come back from the dead. He, he rose from the dead. And I just feel like I haven't put enough emphasis on that. I haven't got excited enough about that. I haven't truly understood what that means. Like, but it, it's just through and through. And, and people want to have wanted to and still want to ignore the fact that he, Christ, did not actually bodily Rise from the dead. We see it here in verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection from the dead? So obviously here in the, the Corinth, people were saying that nobody can actually come back from the dead. Paul says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, well, then I guess Christ didn't hasn't been risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. Yea, and we are all all found as false witnesses, Paul speaking of himself, of God, because we have testified of the God that raised up Christ, whom he raised, whom if he raised not up, if the, if the dead do not raise up, all right, everything without the resurrection, everything, including your faith, um, is Paul saying here it's pointless. Paul also says if if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are the most miserable of all. I just think that it's it's so important. And if you want to read Paul's account of meeting the resurrected Christ, you can go back to the book of Acts. And read about the conversion of Paul, or from Saul into Paul, when he actually met the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Christ, on the road to Damascus. Ultimately, I'm thankful that in spite of all of these extreme acts of incomprehensible wickedness and people taking their own lives and taking other people's lives and 
all of the, 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 the terrible things that we are surrounded by, we, as the sons and daughters of Christ, can rest assured that we have victory because Christ gave us the victory through his literal resurrection from the dead. And if you don't believe that Christ rose from the dead, I suggest you analyze the evidence. And when you're confronted again with the fact that he actually did, what are you going to do about that? Because there's no other example of it in all of humanity. They know where Muhammad's buried. Nobody else has done it. You got anything else to add to the conversation, Biscuit? To the discourse? (sighs) I feel a lot of tension today around this conversation. I just feel like I can't get out what I want to say about this. Like, I, I, I watch the chat, and I see a lot of people kind of bickering and going back and forth, and I feel like I my mind just keeps saying, what place does anger have in the kingdom? And what is our job here? Our role here is to, like Chili said, use your energy to help other people learn about Christ so they can live an eternal life as well. And... I go to our local Publix a lot, and there's this kid there who is obviously, I'm assuming he's transgender because he wears makeup. He's really tall. He's always got beads in his hair, and, like, it's very odd and unsettling. And I was beside him the other day, and he was stalking an aisle, and I watched this old lady pass him, and, like, she just turned, looked at him like she absolutely was disgusted and then kept going. And that's, I kind of feel really uncomfortable around him too. Um, And I mainly feel sad. But something in me in that moment was like, because he saw that woman. He saw the reaction. Something in me said, you needed to go speak to him. And like, I didn't walk up and say, I'm so glad you're living the way you are. I'm so glad you're trans. I'm like, I, I was just like, how's your day? He was like, it's okay, you know, and he was having a rough day, and I let him tell me about it. And I was like, well, I hope your day gets better. And I've seen him probably five or six times, and he always stops to say hey to me. And I hope that one day I have the opportunity to tell him about my God. Praise the Lord. Come on. would I have that opportunity if I went about promoting the kingdom with anger and emotion and talking about how other people's actions are evil. And that's true. Like I said, in amongst our circles with other Christians who believe the same thing as you do. But I just feel like that's not how Jesus went about it with a lot of people. YouTube. If you got any questions, send them. 
All right, because I'm about to take any questions from YouTube. I don't watch the chat. Brooke said there's a bunch of bickering. So if y'all are bickering, y'all, well, any questions you got. We have Chili. He's a daggone genius in here. We have Brooke. She's got a beautiful heart. By the way, I'm, I'm not kidding you. What you just said nearly made me cry. Well, I that that nearly made me cry because I'm I'm just thinking, man, you you just you just absolutely nailed it. Like in that moment where that young man is feeling th this whatever he's feeling about the judgment that people are passing on him as a human being. What a moment to tell this man that there is the, the creator of the universe literally loves him and wants him mm -hmm. in spite of any mistake he's ever made, in spite of any bad thing that's ever happened to him, in spite of anything that he's ever done. It's, it's the only example. God gives us the only example of unconditional love that exists. Um, what a moment to be able to just simply tell him that. Um, it all—it just really was a very powerful. Well, I did—I didn't tell him that. I, I know. I, I know. That one day I can. Well, she showed him that, which yeah. is. Well, I've. Can I say something really yeah, quick, Chili? Yeah. What you just said, I showed him that. So I was lucky enough that when I was in the middle of my addiction, it was still kind of taboo, but like mental health being on the up and out was like not a big deal. Um, but I was sick and I was definitely, I had a lot of evil in me and a lot of wickedness and a lot of not good things. And I... I never ran into people who shook their finger at me yeah. and said, you're not living the Christian way. Jesus is upset with like, that's not how we're supposed to be. It was like, I had Blake and I had Chad and I had like their family and people, man, everybody was just like patient. And like, I think they all, told me like I could do better than this. Like there's more to this life than what I'm in. I don't know. I just think that they set a foundation for me that when I was ready to break free of those chains, I didn't have this view. I, I, I didn't have this awful view of God being this angry person who was mad at me. You know, like he was waiting on me. And he's waiting on that guy at Publix, you know? And, like, what if we take our energy to, to tell people that instead of that they're doing wrong? Like, I mean, I agree there is a – you should be angry. Boo, I, and someone said this on here, and I don't want people to think I'm saying you shouldn't be angry because I feel angry that someone went and killed children. But I – like – and, and you did sacrifice a ton of yourself for this country, and then you have to watch the state that it's in. I just don't think angry is involved in our purpose and our, what our, I don't know, I don't know. Well, there's such a, you, you, you cannot 
nobody can see into my heart. Nobody can see. We, we, we all have to, to know and understand and be honest with ourselves about the way that we're reacting to people that we see and to things that happen. And I, I think it's so difficult for people to understand how is it possible to separate the individual person, a being that is created and loved by God, from the action? And you can be... Here, here's the thing. You can... You can come, you can, you can be against the action, but you can separate the, the human from the choice. You can separate the human from the wickedness. You can separate the human from the action, right? And you can vehemently hate the action. And you can still have compassion for and love the human. How many people are going to be good at that, though? It's it's. That sounds I, very tricky. I, I don't I don't know how many people are going to be good at that. I will tell you, I can honestly say this, and again, nobody here can see into my heart. The Holy Spirit has brought me to a place in my life where I am pretty good at the ability to separate the human being from the action to the point that I can walk by this gentleman in Publix and I can at the same time hate his choices but have compassion for and love him. Why do you hate it? Like, what are your thoughts when you hate his choices? Like, because it's bringing down society, because it's not of God's will, because he's suffering. Like, what's yeah, in your heart? Yeah, all of those things. Those are in your All heart. of those things. I, 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 I can see this and see that the, the compassion comes from the fact that this person is bound literally in chains by this thing this e this evil wicked thing and he doesn't know how to get out of it and when would that ever cause anger towards a person that thought it that should never said. it should never cause anger toward the person right the ability yeah. to do what chad is talking about comes down to with how you view human beings and how you view yourself. The people who can't do what Chad is talking about are the most prideful people on the planet. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. You reject everything that you that is within you. You do not see it. That's the plank in your eye. You you you, you illuminate differences and forget what binds you in exact commonality with the guy at Publix or the freaking school shooter even or the dang 
whoever, you forget that there's a common thread in, in all of you. But you, on your pedestal, think that you're different and yeah. that you are made up of something different than they are. So that's how you continue to not be able to understand how you can hate what somebody is doing and not hate them. Mm-hmm. It comes down to with how you see other people and how you see yourself. That It's not a hard lesson to learn. It, it's really not, but that's, that's what it takes. That's the difference. And the whole time Brooke was saying that, I've thought for weeks I was going to bring this up, but there wasn't the right time. And I want to get to the, allow Chad to answer the YouTube questions because I think that's a good thing, but I've got to spend a minute. What Brooke did was show people love. And it, it struck me so deeply that I was finally able to, and maybe this won't resonate with anybody else, but the way I was able to finally articulate something that I've struggled with for so long was really profound for me. And a lot of people will not understand what I'm saying and not like what I'm saying. They'll, they'll think I'm saying that, oh, Jesus isn't enough. They'll, they'll, they'll hear that from what I'm saying. And that's fine if you want to choose to hear that, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is many people are okay with hearing somebody or seeing the guy in Publix and walking up to him and just saying, hey, man, you need Jesus. Mm. And then walking off. And, and some people are like, well, that's all you need to say. That's enough. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm saying we live in a, in, in, in a world an actual world where we're human beings walking around, interacting with each other. Does that make any sense to do? Really? Does it make any sense uh, to stop there? No, it, could, it doesn't make any sense. Could lead to nothing good. Exactly. You should think about how you're actually going to love people and not just think about how you're going to just tell them that, they need to change and then walk off. It just, the way it, the way it hit me the other day is because I saw somebody, I saw it happen. I literally saw somebody suffering and all the person could offer was, Hey man, you need, you need something. Didn't show them what they need. Didn't really tell them what they needed or how to get or anything. Just stop there. Said, yeah, you probably ought to get something, get some help. And didn't help them. What good does that do? That's what we're supposed to be used for. The help. The tangible needs that we have. It, it, when you see it and in a stark example like that, it really kind of blows your mind. At least it did me. And I don't know if that's going to make sense to anybody because they didn't see what I saw and have it all connected in my head like I did. But it just it, it really ought to make you think how you treat people. Yeah. And how you actually treat them and not just what you say and then walk off. That's a hard thing to confront. Yeah, that's, that's even hard for me when you confront yourself about 
How are you treating people? Wow. Go ahead and assess yourself. See if that's not a hard thing to confront. Well, I told them. I told them what's right. Yeah. But I just but didn't help them. Walked off. I mean, like, yeah. it, it can't stop there. I don't think it can stop. Th- I mean, if you want to actually help. I don't think it can stop there. But it often does. And I think that's why a lot of times we wonder why things aren't changing at the rate that we want them to change at. It's because we stop working. We stop. Yeah. And it's easy to it's easy to see why we stop at that because it's well that's that's the convenient and easy thing to do, right? I think people get confused too that like being kind or even possibly building a relationship with somebody who doesn't love Jesus and is living in sin, whatever sin, fill in the blank, is condoning. And I don't, I think, and I think talking on another episode about condoning and what that looks like to everybody would be interesting. But I feel like building a foundation of trust and love and letting people know that your intentions are pure and then hopefully they would ask and you would have an opportunity to talk about Jesus. But I think a lot of people feel like they need to lead with I like their intentions about the other person's salvation. And it's like sometimes people aren't ready for that. Because a, a lot of Christians, I, I feel like, can get selfish about it. Like they're, they're going to save this person. You know, and it's almost a prideful thing. And it's like, why don't you love them first? I heard a story the other day. Guy was in, really had his life a wreck, was in prison, in and out, all this, got to be 40 years old, but then turned his life around, had a family. And he said that he was talking about how his, uh, his father was not really in his life, kind of got separated and, and, estranged and but he said he would receive letters from him occasionally and he said he said it was just interesting this guy wasn't a christian and he said i got many letters over the years from him when i was going through all that and he said the letter would it was always something very similar to hey uh i hope you've received christ as your savior and you know, that will bring the, the lasting change in your life and something to that effect. And then the letter was done. And it has nothing to do with 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 saying that that's with, with acting like that's not true. I mean, it, it's what, what the letter could be perfectly true, what the guy said. But you know what he noticed from each letter the guy said? He said he never asked about my kids. He never asked about my wife. He never asked about my life. He never offered anything. That's all he said. He stopped there. He said he won't come see me. He just sends me a letter every now and then asking if I've been saved. And he's like, he literally said he hasn't shown me why I need to be. And that was the other example. It was two examples. One that I, And then that, that just, I was like, man, 
you want to know why people don't get certain things? It's because you're not showing them. Yeah. But we're just living so... It's just a weird mindset, man. It's a weird way to live. It's a weird way to treat people. And expect them to listen to what you say. Yeah. When your actions aren't in accordance with what you say, you can say the right things, but it's pretty meaningless. That's how I see it. And and that made me think of that. Your interaction in Publix. <laughs> yeah. We got any questions from YouTube, Blake? There's a few. I'm going to read this one. This person has asked this probably 75 times on the chat, so I kind of don't want to read it, but I'm going to because it's a good question. It's uh, This is from Kelly Alexander. They said, How do you not fear physical death or sickness? How do you trust God with your entire life, no matter, no matter not knowing what the future holds? I'm a firefighter and have been struggling with this. Is there a guarantee that if you follow Christ, you will never fear death? Because I don't think that's like, I just, I feel like certain people, based on your personality and your level of of God-given faith, are going to be less fearful or more fearful of death and what it's going to look like. And I don't think that people that fear death are weak in their faith. I think they just fear the uncertainty of what they're going to experience before they meet God, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, not only that, but I don't care how much you don't fear death or how much you think you don't fear death. It's it's without a doubt when you when you depart the tent, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's ugly. Yeah, trust me. I I mean, we can understand that on a in a very carnal way of being roosted on a 5,000 foot ridgeline in freezing cold weather, when you depart the tent, it's going to be uncomfortable. Look, Kelly, this is what I'm going to say to you. I feel like, Kelly, you might be anticipating this moment in time in your life where you reach this point where you're like, this is it. I trust God completely. I'm completely submitted to him. I, I have zero fear of death or the future. I have none. I, I've made it, right? I feel like you might imagine that that's a, a, a real thing that, Christians reach and you might imagine that because you see a lot of Christians portraying themselves as being in that state where they're just they got it all figured out man they ain't afraid of nothing right here's the reality the people who portray themselves that way are simply the people who are good at 
covering up their own mess, covering up their own insecurities, covering up their own fear of the future, of death, covering up their own things that they struggle with. Let me tell you what, Kelly. You're, you, along with me, along with Chili, along with Brooke, and along with Blake, you're on the same journey that we're on. And the journey that we're on is a continuous journey to where you're going to almost constantly have uncertainties plaguing you. You're going to almost constantly have struggle with things in your life. You're going to almost constantly have struggle with your submission, complete submission to Christ and all of this. You know what that journey is called? It's called life. And you, I, I can, I truly believe this as a weak and fallible human being, I don't know that you will ever reach a point where you no longer fear the things that you mentioned and where you are completely submitted to Christ until you are finally in his presence when you close your eyes for the last time. And then when you are in his presence, then you have reached the, that point. That's good. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, man, quit imagining, quit imagining that there's people around you that that is the reality of their existence. Because it's not mine. I have a solid foundation in, in Christ. I have what Brooke, I think, would say is a, a solid foundation of faith. Yes. But this is life, man. And you will, you are in a constant process of being conformed into the image of Christ. And many of us, including myself, because of the time that's passed as a, as a son or daughter of Christ, we think that we're, we think that we're further along than we are and we think we think we should be further along than we are. Not true. Wherever you are, it's right where you need to be. As long as you have accepted the absolute fact that Jesus Christ is God in flesh, that he provided an atonement for the wickedness of humanity through his death on the cross and that he was bodily resurrected on the third day and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, the free gift that he's given you of atonement for your sins and the victory that he's given all of us over death, hell, and the grave things that we deserve, as long as you accept that foundation, all the other things you're struggling with, it's just part of it, man. And you just... You need to get out of your head that there's some some monk or some preacher or some 
body somewhere that has just reached this point of complete release. Anybody tells you that, it's full of, full of bull crap, man. This is life. Well, it's so good. I'll offer too that I don't. You all, you can't let it consume your life. The fear of the unknown, the fear that I mean, I think his wording was the fear that you might get sick in the future. Mm. Like that's a, I mean, that's that's a rough thing to be stricken by and your mind be plagued by on a daily basis. Like thinking about you might get sick one day. I mean, that that's a real problem and can, can and can stifle you from what you're doing. So. Like One, Chad's, because it's not even a mite. You will yeah, get yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. You can take the fear of the unknown out. It's not like an unknown. We've established that about an hour ago. Like, you're going to get sick and die. Yeah. So am I. Well, maybe, maybe I won't get sick. Maybe I'll fall off a cliff and die. But <laughs> I'm going to die. And uh, so are you. And so is everybody. So it's actually not as much of an unknown as you think. Uh, there is plenty of unknowns because, like, you don't know how you're gonna. It's gonna happen, right? But the 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 point is, is like, I don't want to die either. I mean, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't die. But you are going to have a physical death. So basically, the best thing I know how to do, and this may not help you at all, but it's it's worth just throwing it out there. Is I like to think about things logically. So. A lot of times this people aren't wired the way I am. This doesn't help them, but I'll say it anyway. Ask yourself why you would spend any of your time worrying about if you might get sick. Ask, I mean, literally do. Ask yourself, because I know you feel like you don't have much control over that anxiety, and part of that's true maybe, but ask yourself, what good does it do to worry about that. Why would I do that? And then if you come to the same conclusion that I have that it does no good and you can't worry about it, then focus on what we talked about earlier in the whole grand scheme of the world humanity ending ultimately just like we're going to end individually. Focus on what the outcomes that you can change in in the moment. That will hopefully help distract your mind from worrying about how you might get sick. That's all I can say. That may not help you at all, but it's uh because because what Chad's saying is good and all to hear that you're not the only one struggling with that. However, you can't let it consume you. So you've got to. And I think that's what he's asking for. He's trying to not let it. So yeah. I think that's a good answer. Any other questions? I saw we had super chats over here. I saw them lighting up. Yeah, we, we got we got several. I couldn't even keep track of all of them. That chat was going so fast. Um, I tried to take some pictures, but we <laughs> well, I'd like to personally thank them. But if we don't know their names, just yeah. thank them in general. Yeah, thank you guys. That means a lot. There was another question that you kind of answered there, Chili. They were asking when does um, when does fear become troublesome, and you kind of hit on that yeah. through um, through yours. So that was another one I was going to ask, but that's kind of it for the questions. I I just want to say one other thing as Chili was talking about 
about how just saying you need Jesus is not enough. I just had this like picture in my mind of like somebody hanging off a roof and like they're stuck. They're trying to get down the gutter mm-hmm. and everybody's walking by saying, Hey man, you need a ladder. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know I need a ladder, Yeah, but I've got this gutter and this is all I've got to get down. This is all I've got to use right now. And everybody can say, Hey, you need a ladder. But who's willing to go get the ladder and give it to yeah. the dude? Because all of these people that are doing these things, there's actually most of them are actually seeking out what Jesus offers them. They're seeking out love, peace, joy, all the fruit of the Spirit. They're seeking those things out, but they're just looking in the wrong places. Mm. And so we have to be able to show. And they're so, not being offered. Right. And then another thing, we, mm. we often think that we can change people's hearts. Yeah. And that's where we get hung up on responding and whether it's, um, I'm not saying that you respond in anger, sometimes you do, but oftentimes it's passion or even love. We respond how we think we could best help the person and we just got to respond in the way that we think we can best show them Jesus because Jesus is going to be the one to change their heart, not us. We're just putting Jesus on display. So you say, how can I best put Jesus on display? Because I, I guarantee you, loving Chad is not going to do much for him. But if you were to get passionate with him and say, hey, you're screwing this up, man, he's going to be like, oh, man, you know what? You're right. <laughs> He'll, so some people will respond to that. Yeah. But you got to know the person, and, and you got to know, you know the approach. But I think just remembering, at least I'll ask my, myself that question. How can I put Jesus on display in this situation in the best way? Sometimes it might be through passion. Sometimes it might be through love. And you kind of got to, most of the time you've got an uh, idea, like the lady that did that, that guy, she wasn't putting Jesus on display. That was her own flesh doing that, yeah. you know, looking at him that way. She wasn't even thinking about putting Jesus on but display. But a lot of, she might have thought that she was doing a service to, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't believe yeah. in that. Like, ugh. Yeah, you know, yeah. How dare he? And then that goes back to the pride don't believe thing in Chili what? said. You've not even talked to the guy. That's what pisses me off about how people that treat other people like that. Don't believe in what? You even talk to him. Like, yeah. Do what Brooke did. Well, he's a guy Have a conversation with him. You don't know anything about him. Everybody has thinks they have everybody figured out as soon as they look at him. Guess what? You don't. You freaking don't. So go ahead and quit thinking that, or you're going to keep treating people wrong. Yeah. The first Good time grief. I saw Chili, I thought he was gay. Yeah, well, Blake said the same thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, kind of not really, but a little bit. <laughs> Can I say, too, what you just said? Um, I give Chad a really hard time, and I latch on to his passion. The people on YouTube know that you give me a hard time. Yeah, well, you give me a hard time, too. You intentionally irritate me. You're just better at being low-key about it than I am. So people see me. They don't see you doing it. But what Blake just said, I've seen you do that. I have seen you many, many times use passion and your voice is raised and you're really, really emotional, but it is out of love. Like it, Like you're you're pushing people and you're requiring things of people and you're being real, but it's not out of anger or hate and it, it is out of love. And I see that a lot. So. Yeah. We all have our unique place and purpose within the body of Christ for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that, Blake. That was, that's been uh pressing on me for a while. And, and it's interesting when something is uh, pressing on you that much
it doesn't all you know it's not like it resonates with everybody the way it did with you but i i just um it's i don't know i think it's a big thing yeah yeah well guys i guess we'll wrap the episode up this episode was uh brought to you by our partner hoist our hydration partner here at 37 project uh, it would mean a lot to us if you I went and ordered some hoist. They're a great company. They make a great product. I've been drinking a lot of hoist here lately because of the training volume that I'm putting in, and it is serving me extremely well. Uh, we've put this product through the ringer. We know the people behind the brand. Uh, they're awesome people, good people. Uh, their values align with ours. So if you care about supporting companies that uh, are in alignment with with your uh, morals and ethics and values, uh, this is a good company to go to. And if you want a good product, if you don't care about that and you just want a really good product uh, to help you go further, longer, this is a good one to go to, I promise you. It's made in America, no preservatives, um, and I just can't say enough good things about Hoist. We are appreciative of their partnership here at 307 Project, and it only works if you guys um, join in on the partnership, and we use their products, and and they serve us well, and we hope it will do the same for you. So check them out at drinkhoist.com. promise you, you will not be disappointed in this hydration supplement. It actually hydrates you better than water. After a long run, I crave this, and this is the first thing I come in hammer down about two bottles of this to rehydrate myself so nicole said hoist keeps you moist yeah i know you was dying to read that <laughs> it really does genius all right guys well we love y'all thanks for tuning in enough said hoist keeps you moist okay. <laughs>